1: what it's gonna be, who you're gonna be, how you're gonna do it. And then from that point, the universe is gonna get out your way. This moment in time, this is your time to rise. What is up you guys? Welcome back to Getting Magnetic with Sandy and Wade. On the last episode, on episode one, we talked through our love story, our journey there. At this point, I feel like we're friends. Do, I mean, do you guys feel that too? On episode two today, we are going to talk through our career journeys, our journeys through business, and they are very different, but they have kind of come together and merged. So really excited to take you guys on that journey and hope that can be relatable to you. Also, I mean, with that said, this podcast in general is a journey. I'm excited a couple years down the road to look back and listen to these episodes and be like, wow, we were young and just getting into the podcast game and we're learning as we go. So excited to kick off this episode.
0: So when I think through our stories and our journeys, it's so interesting because although Wade and I have such a similar high energy, the way we look at life and situations is so different. Wade is definitely a thinker and, and an observer and he's very logical and analytical and he needs to have a plan for things. And I'm completely opposite. I (laughs) am all about my gut and my intuition and how am I feeling? And I just am very impulsive sometimes. And if something feels right, I'll go with it. If something doesn't feel right, I will not go with it. And so sometimes Wade and I butt heads on things because we look at things so differently. And so we've learned and we're continuing to learn kind of how to balance that and, you know, bring Wade's qualities into it and my qualities into it and kind of find a happy medium in looking at situations and how we handle things. So with that said, kind of want to take you through our journey. So I'll go ahead and start. Gosh, ever since I was a little girl, I've always had this entrepreneurial spirit. I have vivid memories of being a young girl and having lemonade stands. Like I would come home from school and be like, mom, can I have a lemonade stand today? Because I wanted to provide a service to the neighbors and I wanted to make extra money so I could go buy like Celine Dion CDs or something. Also, at age like 11 and 12, my sister and I made flyers advertising our babysitting services. And we dropped them off at like all 600 homes in our neighborhood. Like we were like, we are the Elliot sisters and we are here to provide a service. We're here to watch your kids. We can change diapers. We can take them on walks. We can do this. We have pet sitting services. Like we did all these things. I've always known I want to be my own boss. I've always wanted not, you know, not afraid to work hard, but wanting to work on my own terms, not really wanting anyone to dictate when I'm supposed to show up to work how long I'm supposed to work, you know, we've all had those jobs where you work nights and weekends and holidays. And in some sense, you kind of feel like a slave to your job or your company. And that does not work for me personally. So that's kind of like my background and the way I, I guess, have always like approached situations is like, I want to be a self starter. And so, you know, I go to college and I I go through school and my dad was always definitely like, you know, you need to get your four year degree. And I did it to make my dad happy but school was never really like a strength for me like never was a great student although I always showed up to class and like did all the assignments and would always do the extra credit all the things I was never great at retaining information or doing tests anything like that so after college I really did not know what I wanted to do I felt like so many of my friends had a clear path of this is what I went to school for and this is what I'm going to do with it whereas I finished school and I'm like now what I had no idea so First couple of years, I worked in hospitality at a few five-star resorts. Then after that, I decided like that really was not for me. And so I decided I wanted to embark upon the journey of being my own boss and starting my own business. So I hired a professional actually that helped me. And we did all these like personality tests and assessments to kind of figure out like, what are my strengths? What are things that I would be good at? And I found this kind of reoccurring theme of where I was personally spending my money and realizing like wow I already love health and fitness and that kind of world like when I would look at my bank statement I'm like I'm spending all my money at like local juice bars or at spin studios or at things that are like around health and wellness and so I thought okay I'm 23 years old I'm not skilled enough to like really start something on my own I think I want to invest in a franchise and so with the help of my dad I invested in a a smoothie juice bar franchise and I had that for 4 years And boy, was that a learning lesson. I could have a whole podcast episode about the stuff that went down in owning my own small business.
1: I remember watching, you know, Sandy and I knew each other at that point and we weren't, you know, dating or even dating long distance yet when she had first opened her juice shop. And I remember, you know, watching on Instagram, watching social media and, you know, everyone watches this, right? And you look at entrepreneurship and it's dazzling, right? It's like, oh my gosh, she owns this juice bar. And she can go to the beach on a Tuesday at noon if she wants to. And it's like from the outside looking in, it appears amazing. But to an entrepreneur, you know, behind the scenes, I'm sure that's not the case, right?
0: It's exhausting. I mean, I'm so grateful for that experience. But I learned through that experience that managing people is the hardest thing. There's so many different personalities. Also, the type of business that I was in, I mean, there was so much overhead, right? There was rent there was inventory, there was labor, there was always unexpected surprises of like machines breaking or just things where you're like, wow, didn't see this one coming another curveball. So I did that for a few years. Like at the end of that chapter is when Wade and I decided to start pursuing our relationship. And that's when I moved to Boston, which you guys heard part of that story. So I'm kind of, we're kind of like intermingling all of it. So when I got to Boston, I was like, wow, I know I'm not going to live here for long, maybe six months, maybe a year. Like, what am I going to do? So man, definitely took, Quite a blow to my ego in a lot of ways of going from like owning my own business and doing my own thing to coming to a new big city, not knowing anyone and starting fresh. At that point, I think I was 27 years old, maybe 28 years old. And I was like, okay, what do I do? So I waitressed for the first time in my life. I nannied, which I'd done kind of my whole life. So I found several families that I worked for. I love kids. That was great. And I worked for a software sales company, which I was doing inside sales and guys, I had to do 175 cold calls a day. It was probably the worst job I've ever had in my life. (laughs) Very humbling experience. Very humbling experience. And it really was like, I'm not going to get into super details, but it was kind of like a fraternity. Like it was like 100 people on the sales floor, probably 95 dudes and five girls. I was one of them. And they would like assign a song to you. So when you like booked a demo like they would like play your song so they assigned that I think it's Katy Perry like California girl like California girl anytime I'd book a demo that song would be blaring through the office and people were like throwing footballs and ringing bells and I'm like where am I like what am I doing I only lasted three months of that job it was definitely a moment where I'll never forget the day I quit that job guys oh my god Literally, this job was on Boylson Street in Boston. I remember looking out the window. It was in February. It was like the first sunshine day I'd seen in a while. And I looked outside and I literally remember seeing like couples holding hands and like moms pushing the strollers with babies and like people with their shopping bags. And I looked out there and I'm like, I deserve to be out there. Why am I in here? Like, what am I doing in here? This is so out of alignment with who I am. Like, nothing about this is anything I'm passionate about. I'm not happy. And when I'm not happy and I'm not in, alignment with who I am and what makes me happy like that bleeds into every part of my life I don't show up as a good at the time girlfriend I don't feel like I show up as a good friend I don't show up in any way good and so I literally remember like I am in my boss and I was like we need to talk and I went in the office and I'm like this isn't gonna work for me I know it's not kosher to like not give two weeks but like I'm out of here sister So I left and I literally skipped home. I was like the happiest human on earth. And I was like, I am never going to work for someone ever again. I'm done. Well,
1: (laughs) and I think that, like, let me jump in there. That is so important because Sandy had that moment where she's like, I'm sick of this and I'm taking charge. Like, I'm seeing these people outside. I'm in here. You know what? I'm in control of my fate and my destiny. Like, no one, I don't have someone telling me what I have to do. Like I quit and I'm never working for someone again. It's oftentimes that point in your life where your life can change, right? Where you make that decision, you have the decided heart. And it's like, no, I'm sick of this. I'm over it. I'm done with it. Can I ask you a question within all those different jobs and going through those different things? Like what was your biggest takeaway there? Because I think it was such an important chapter for you as I think about our life.
0: I think my biggest takeaway was honestly, I had to find something like that I was passionate about. Like I, if something feels so soul sucking to you, get out of it. Like that is not healthy for you. (laughs) And it took time and experiences and, you know, late nights working at the restaurant and so many, just so many people hanging up on me and calling me names at that job. And so many just times where I really had to question, like, why am I here? Like, what, is my legacy. What was I put on earth to do? What will I be remembered for? I want to make an impact. I want to help people. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do it. And so that Boston chapter wrapped up, we moved back to California and the gentleman that helped me sell my juice bar from like the year prior was like, Sandy, I think you would be really great at real estate. You should get your real estate license. And I didn't know what I was going to do. So I'm like, "Mm, okay. So I get all the books. I do all the studying. Remember I told you guys I'm not great at studying. I'm not a great test taker. Took the test, failed it. That was another blow to the ego. Studied longer, took all these like prep classes online, like trying to help me with test taking strategies. Took it again, finally passed it. Started working with his business brokerage firm and had only ever sold a couple businesses until we discovered what we do now. And we are network marketing professionals. We're published authors. We have several things going on. We have several businesses that we work on. But I'm just such a big believer that when you're seeking something, it's seeking you. I did not think we would be doing what we're doing now. Like the the thought that we get to work together and that we, you know, are published authors that we're now doing this podcast. Like it is crazy how so much has changed over the past couple of years. But that's kind of like my journey. I feel like it's so different than Wade's. I want to touch on a
1: few just big points that in just listening to your story, obviously I, I know what I've lived it. I've heard it, but one, I think there's often a dip before a pop, right? And Sandy talked about going through all these odd jobs, all these jobs that she did not like that she would built with soul sucking and different things. And, you know, sometimes you need to be in the lowest lows to understand and want to seek higher grounds and want to go seek something.
0: Before you go on with your story, I have to tell this one story. Do it. Do you remember one of the most humbling slash embarrassing moments?
1: Oh my gosh. Yes.
0: Okay. Story time. So right after I quit that job at that software sales company, I mean, I told you guys, I was skipping home. I was the happiest human on earth. I had no plan. I was like, I guess I'm a stay-at-home girlfriend. I don't have, I don't know how I'm going to, what I'm going to do. Well, then I get a job at this like hip restaurant in the Seaport in Boston. And it's like literally my first day I'm shadowing a waiter or a waitress. I honestly can't remember if it was a male or a female. And my job is literally just to listen and, you know, refill people's waters and just kind of like observe how they're doing their customer service. And you guys will not believe the first table I had. Oh my God. I literally have like, my stomach is twisting, just even thinking about it. So I just quit this job at the software sales company. It's my first day at this job. We walk up to this table and it's literally six people at the table that were like all my higher ups at my job, at the job that I just quit. And I walk up and I'm like refilling their waters and they're like, Sandy, I'm like, hi. And they're like, what have What are you doing here? And I just wanted to shrink, Like I felt like, Oh my God, like, what am I doing? And the crazy thing is this was like three years ago, Like this was not that long ago. And it was just another like rock bottom moment where I felt so small. Like, I'm like, here we go again. Like, again, not in alignment, not doing what I want to do, not proud of like where I am and just feeling like, I wonder if I'll ever find my thing. I'll wonder if I'll ever figure out what I'm supposed to do.
1: I love that story because it kind of reinforces what we were talking about, right? Like sometimes you need to be in the lowest lows and those depths to go seek higher ground, to go seek something that you're truly passionate about. When you're middling around in the middle, sometimes it's just content and you're just okay with it. And it's not the worst thing in the world, but you aren't chasing passion either. Sandy has always been a passionate person. And what I see and hear along her story is always had that entrepreneurship mindset, never really wanted to work for someone else, but went through different jobs doing that, understanding, learning people, take, getting experiences, the dip before the pop. And ultimately what you said, oftentimes when you're seeking something, it's seeking you. You've always been into health and wellness. You've always been into being your own boss, to designing your life, to designing your work day. And you've been in those lows and you want to help other people get what you have. And that's what we get to do now today. We can go into that more later on this episode or another episode, but ultimately, you know, we help people start their own businesses and help people build their own businesses and build their life by design. And to transition back into now me, Wade, Wade's story, very different. Sandy and I is very different. And now we've come together and we get to do life and business and everything together. But as Sandy mentioned too, we are different. We definitely do balance each other out and have different strengths and weaknesses. And But for me, you know, my upbringing was definitely very humble. I had humble upbringings and it was great. My parents are the best and and they did the best they could with everything they had. And I'm so grateful for my upbringing, but it was definitely different than Sandy's. And for me growing up, I was like, okay, I got a few options here. I'm looking around who's successful. I grew up in the Northeast in a Boston area. All I saw were these successful business guys who wore suits and would go to their finance jobs or banking or whatever, the, whatever they were doing, different things. And so I was like, okay, I got to go into business. I also got to do well in school to get into a good school and a business school. And, you know, I should probably play sports and excel at that. So maybe I could get a scholarship or all these different things. And it was a track, right? I felt like there was a track that I was supposed to take. And so I just embarked on that and started doing that and I played sports and I got good enough grades. I, you know, I never was like, oh my gosh, I love school. I'm a nerd. But I was like, okay, I know how to get by in school. I know how to get good enough grades. And so I got into business school and I went down that road and then it's like, okay, what do I do from there? Oh, these finance guys look pretty successful. All right, I better go into finance. So I did that and I played football along the way. It was great. I, I met a lot of great people to this day. I have a lot of great friends from that. And I realized, okay, I'm kind of, narrowing, you know, my skill set and narrowing the path that I'm headed down. And from there, I had an opportunity to play a fifth year of football and go get my master's degree in business and, you know, have a scholarship towards that. So I figured why not do that continued education. And along the ways, football did not pay for everything. So I started racking up some student debt for sure. But for me, it was, okay, I'm going to get my master's degree in finance now, continued education. And then I finally graduate. And from there, it's like, okay, I better utilize this degree. I'm going into the finance world. So that's what I did. And I saw it as an opportunity. Like I got to climb the corporate ladder. I got to get to a point, you know, where I'm successful. And maybe one day, you know, I'll I'll own the company or be the CEO or I'll start my own thing, but I just got to really climb this ladder. So that's what I did. Head down Monday through Friday, the grind. I was working in Boston. So not wall street, but very similar type work. And, got into a few good companies, was climbing the ladder. I got to a point where I was a VP in my finance firm. And I started to take you know stock of my life. And at this point, Sandy's living in Boston with me. And I started to think, gosh, is this what I want to do forever? Is this what I want to do for life? I started to look down the road. Do I just want to help the wealthy people get wealthier? Something I'm not fulfilled about, something I just kind of clock in and out of Monday through Friday. Sometimes I got to work on the weekends. I can't wait for the weekends. So I can then go party and blow off steam and I get two weeks vacation a year. And I started to realize that's not the life I want. You know, it it was fine on paper. It, It actually looked great on paper, but in my heart, I felt like I was made for more. I felt like there was a higher calling for me than to, you know, my deepest fear, I feel like has always been just being content in life and just living a mediocre life. And I started to realize I had fallen into that rat race and that trap of, okay, just get into the middle class, stay there. Get into your corporate job, climb the ladder. There's certainty, there's safety, there's security there. So then I start to evaluate successful people, reevaluate successful people. I realize, whoa, you know, it's not these guys I'm working with that are just higher up. They're just working a lot. They don't see their family as much. They don't have time freedom. They don't even have financial freedom. We make a lot of money and then we spend it all, and we pay a lot in taxes, and we have the nice cars and houses, and it you always have to work for that paycheck. And I start to reevaluate and start to look at people that I really admire and respect and and trust. And a lot of them are business owners. A lot of them are entrepreneurs. A lot of them might be investors or they have equity in businesses. And then I start to evaluate and study those people. What are they doing? What are their habits? And I start to realize there is a pattern of their habits of different things they do. And so Sandy and I both, we, we kind of embarked on a journey to grow ourselves. One of my now mentors, digital mentors, Jim Rohn. The late, great Jim Rohn, I should say. I listen to a lot of his stuff on YouTube to this day. He always said, normal education will make you a living. And that to that point, that's what I had. But self-education will make you a fortune. So I started to realize, whoa, okay, I can't just go to my job and do enough and get by just to get the paycheck. I got to start growing myself. I got to start learning. So I started pouring into personal development. I started listening to podcasts on my way to work, reading more books, networking with more people. And really started to realize that, whoa, this entrepreneurship thing, this building a business, I think that's the life for me. It does not look easy. Then it was, holy smokes, how do we get there? Okay, now we go from Boston, we move to California. I see Sandy's entrepreneurial spirit, trying different things, trying different things, not knowing exactly where she'll land, but taking action. Versus me, I'm in that safe, secure finance job. I got the Monday through Friday. I know the paycheck's coming in. And but we started intentionally working towards it. I linked up with now good friends of ours, Nick Unsworth. And I was like, you know what, this guy, I really like what he has to offer. He's built an awesome business in life for himself and success leaves clues. And why don't I short circuit the way to building a business? He's already done it. Why don't I hire him as a business coach to help me launch a business? And I didn't know what I was going to do yet, but was willing to kind of take that risk. And so after hours, I started working on my coaching skills, on my people skills, on my business building skills. And I started doing some of that, some business coaching, some health coaching, some lifestyle coaching after I clocked out of my finance job. And it was a busy, busy lifestyle, but I started to realize, whoa, there's some autonomy here. There's some more time freedom here. I get to choose when I want to work, how I want to work, where I want to work. And ultimately everything I'm doing is for my own business. So that started to excite me. That was around the same time Sandy started to walk in her purpose and what we now ultimately do together. And like she said, we're network marketing professionals, we're health and wellness professionals, we're business coaches, we're health coaches, kind of everything in between. What we do now is we help people start their own business and start to design their own life. And it's the most fulfilling thing ever. I think back to years ago in my heart, I'm unfulfilled. I wanna make a difference. I think humans innately we want to make a difference in the world and it's just finding that vehicle to know how and it's just then taking those steps it's having the vision for that and then taking steps every day towards it even if they're small steps will smith though he says one of our other mentors don't focus on building the big wall don't think about the big wall or the building just focus on the next brick and lay that brick perfectly and if you keep laying bricks perfectly or as close to as you can Eventually, you're going to look at me like, whoa, I got something here. I got a foundation. So that's what we started to do. And ultimately, just taking the steps towards it, having intentionality towards it. We collide. Sandy starts her business. She tells me for six months, you're my number one dream teamer. Why don't we do this together? I was like, what are you talking about? And it took me six months to really see the big picture. But we now get to work together and do life and business together. Actually, transitioning to another story that kind of wraps it all together. Sometimes you need that push, right? Sometimes you make that decision. I made a decision. I wanted to start my own business, but I was still very comfortable making a six figure income in my finance job, working remote from California. My office was in Boston. There was a comfort level there. So there I needed that push to push me into entrepreneurship full blown. And, you know, at the beginning of the year, earlier that year, I told my company, I was like, Hey, look, I'm going to start building my own thing on the side after hours later on this year. Once we close this big project, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to leave. So I was very upfront. It was a small company and I had built that rapport and trust with them. So we came we were like, okay, all good. That's great. Yes. If you can see out this project, that would be great. And then you can go on from there, but build your own thing. Well, as I was building my own thing, and then eventually as Sandy and I were together, What Sandy and I were building started to grow and grow and grow, and we started to show up more online and have more of a presence there. And it's pretty funny. I remember one time we did kind of an overview of what we do, and not to toot our horn, but I think it was pretty inspirational video. And Sandy put it on LinkedIn, and she was like, "Hey, babe, will you go like like it so it'll spread to a wider audience?" I was like, "Yeah, sure." And I don't, I didn't really use LinkedIn, but at this point, I'm you know I'm still a VP of a finance firm. We're raising this huge fund. There's all this like stuff around it. And so I go and like it and it gets blown out to my entire LinkedIn network, which is all Wall Street, finance guys, bankers, my current company. So the next day I get a call, we'll call it the call. And it was like our CFO who I had a great relationship with, and he's like, Wade, get ready. We have to go on the record here. This is super serious. I'm like, oh snap, what is about to happen? We had an agreement where... I was going to, a month later, walk away. Once we finish a long project, I'm like, wait, this is weird. So they're like, so we saw the LinkedIn video and due to clause this of your contract, we technically have to terminate your contract early.
0: Effective immediately. Effective
1: immediately. And I'm caught off guard. I'm like, whoa, I just gave you guys like a year heads up that I was going to leave. And now a month early, you're going to like cut me like that. Like what's going on here? Kind of that ego, right? Where I was like, Wait, no, I'm walking away on my terms, not on your terms. What are you talking about? But they saw this inspirational video of Sandy and I, and they could probably see my passion for what I, I was doing with Sandy. And just because it really is my passion, it is my purpose. And I do feel like we're walking on a purpose. And they saw, you know, one I was one foot out the door, probably more than that with that said too, you know, within that finance type of job, I technically wasn't supposed to be doing that. And they said it was fine. But anyways, they just cut the cord then and there. And then we went off the record. They were on the record. They had to paper the document. And then they went off the record. They're like, dude, sorry. We literally have to do this like legally. But what the heck are you doing? You're, you're at this other firm this high up. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. It's not the same. It's our own business. It's work from home. It's network marketing. I'm working on it after hours. I'm building it with Sandy. And they, they understood more. But that was that push I needed. And, and at the end of the call, they understood what I was doing. They were happy for me. I was still like, whoa, that was a very quick cord cut. But it was kind of that push I needed. I was pushed off the cliff. And oftentimes when you do that, you jump or you leap or you go and you try and fly. You hit the rocks on the way down or you're, you're hitting the wind or you're, it's kind of hard. But then your wings spread, right? And then you feel like you're flying and soaring. So it was that for a little bit. And I was thrust into entrepreneurship from full-time finance to full-time entrepreneurship. So I go to Sandy and she's like, did that just happen? Like, did they just like let you go? I thought you were walking away. And I was like, yeah. And I was shook. And she, you know, is so sweet. She's my rock. She's there for me. She's in her mind. I can see her. She's like fired up. At she's like, let's ride. We are building this together. I'm like,
0: <laughs> celebrate good times. Come on. We're going to do our own thing.
1: <laughs> so I feel like you could take it from there. But that was that, was that push I needed from that comfort, from that security of having a job of being an employee working for someone else someone else's dream not for my own but I needed that push it's so easy to get caught up there sometimes you need to take that leap you just need to cut the cord you need that push that was it for me
0: wow so good so from there really that was about that was a little over a year ago and so over this past year we have been able to fully focus on what we want and it really has been the greatest personal growth journey of all you know we really are big believers that in entrepreneurship your business lives in your head and your business is as big as you believe that it can be and so so much of what we focus on is mindset work so much of what we focus on is personal development reading, just so much vision casting. Like we're so big on doing our affirmations and we update our vision board probably every quarter. Something one of my mentors asked me was, Sandy, if you keep doing what you're doing, where will you be 12 months from now? Where will you be in three years, in five years, in 10 years? And that question, depending on where you are in your life, like that can be an exciting question, or that can be kind of a daunting question. And so just ask yourself, like, is what I'm doing now preparing me for where I want to be? Is what I'm doing now preparing me for my dream life? Is it lining me up for ultimately where I want to be what I want to create?
1: Yeah, right. We always say, and we hear this said all the time, for things to change, you've got to make a change, right? Mm-hmm. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. If I kept just going to work and doing the same things and I, you know, why would I expect any different result than just what I was doing? So what you realize is you take that change, you go for it, you take the risk, you make the leap and change is uncomfortable. It's definitely uncomfortable at first. That's why most people aren't entrepreneurs or don't start a business. It's uncomfortable. It's hard. It's not easy, but it's worth it. And most people uh, fall into the category of, of where I was, of just kind of middle-class and society that's like, creative security, our brains are wired to crave security. And so when they see someone going for it, starting a business, there's kind of this insecurity like, whoa, whoa, stop, get back here, get back in line. Don't go do that. It, or, you know, they're maybe in their head rooting for them to fail or they're not supportive of them, but it's those people, Right. That that go for the change, that really feel like they're living on the edge. If you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much space. I think, but what I I needed that push off the cliff, and I I needed the push, and I needed Sandy there, you know, as my rock and for guidance. And now doing it together, what I think about in the last year,
0: it's incredible what has happened. Not even just the past year. That story I just told about, you know, filling the waters of my previous, like, what would I call them? My bosses, I guess. Like filling up their waters at that restaurant, like that was three years ago. That was like a rock bottom low for me. And I needed that moment. Like Wade said, you cannot appreciate the highs unless you've had the lows. Like you can not have a pop unless you've had a dip. There's been a lot of, you know, pops in my life, but there's been a lot of dips too. So they all kind of even each other out.
1: And I don't want anyone to underestimate what you can do in a short amount of time. Like Sandy said, she was filling the waters three years ago. Our life looks a whole lot different now. A year ago, I was with my finance company. Three years ago, I was in Boston working there with no sight of entrepreneurship like down the road. I didn't know or think any of that. And now what has happened in a year, we've been able to build a business that helps ultimately helps a lot of people. So there's fulfillment there in that our impact has grown and has been leveraged. And it feels good. We know the bigger our businesses, the more people are getting healthier, the more people are starting their own businesses, are kind of taking control of their life. And what has happened in a short year since, you know, I was pushed off the cliff and I was just, the call was made, I was cut from my job then and there, has been amazing. And you think about it, it's really due to intentionality. We're now here, living in Orange County, Cali, California, we get to design our day. And that's a beautiful part of entrepreneurship. I think you know, especially the younger generation, we're not afraid to work hard. We don't work less hard. We probably work harder, but it's for our own dream. It's for our business. It's for something we're passionate about and feel fulfilled in. And it, it took work and it takes work and it will continue to, but it's fulfilling work and it's inner work. And you realize success is 80% psychology. Tony Robbins always says that it's like this business lives mostly between our heads And so when you start to work on that and coming back to Jim Rohn, self-education will make you a fortune. Self-education will make you a life. And that's that's what it's been about. So it's been such a fulfilling journey that we're so grateful and appreciative to be on. And in that short time, what it's enabled us to do is start other businesses, is, is pursue other passions, other ventures, is become published authors, is launch a podcast. Something we've been talking about for years is invest, invest in real estate and own assets. And it's been just such a blessing to be able to do that. And you, you realize your life is limited by your vision for it. And the glass ceilings you put on it. Once you break through that and you realize, you know what? I know everyone says this and it sounds corny, but I am limitless. If I truly set my mind to it and I intentionally walk towards it and I lay those bricks day after day, I can be there and I can get there. And I guess we're here to empower you that you can and wherever you're at, you're exactly where you need to be. But wherever you want to go, that's placed on your heart for a reason. It's there for a reason. And we're here to tell you to push you off that cliff, pursue it, pursue it, because it's there for a reason. And it's such a beautiful thing, the journey going for it.
0: And I want to leave you guys with a takeaway. So think through wherever you're at, and maybe make a list of different categories of your life. Maybe it's, in relationship or love. Maybe it's in your career. Maybe it's in your living situation. Maybe it's, I mean, make a list of all these different things and write down tangible things that you want to achieve or goals you have in each category and just kind of get granular on that. Because I do believe that what you write down and what you put out there, it's so true. We've seen it time and time again, that thoughts become things. What you focus on grows. So write down where you want to be in 12 months from now and three years from now and five years from now, come up with an action plan. You know, you're not going to always know how you're going to do it. How does it matter? How does not matter? Just writing down like where you want to be, what you will want to accomplish, the how will unfold the way that it's supposed to. So get clear on that, maybe make a vision board. We'd love to see it, share it with us. I hope you found this episode overall kind of inspiring to hear our story and how much we've kind of grown together and we will continue to. You know, this is really just the beginning of our story.
1: To wrap it up, decide where you want to go. That's the first step. Set those goals, have the vision, and then work on getting magnetic towards that, right? Towards attracting that into your life. Like Sandy said, the how will unfold once you decide. You know, the universe kind of steps aside for you. But with that said, we are so excited for our next episode. A little sneak peek preview one of our mentors, right? We get the privilege of interviewing her on the podcast. Should we name drop? No. No. All right. You guys will have to wait and see. It is epic. We are so excited for that. But thanks for tuning in today.
0: And don't forget, if you guys are loving what you're hearing so far, it would mean the world to us to have you share, subscribe, rate, review, share it on your social media, send it to a friend, follow us on social media. The podcast Instagram is getting magnetic. My Instagram is sandyclaws 7 and Wade's is Wellness with Wade. We look forward to connecting with you guys on social media.
1: Only those that can see the invisible can do the impossible.
0: So remember, you are magnetic.